Excuse me, another round of bloodies, please? It's August 2001, and I'm hanging out at Windows on the World at the top of Tower 1 of the World Trade Center with a few of my fellow new analyst classmates. It's only 9.30 a.m., but we don't really care. Most of my drinking companions are either European or well-connected. Everyone else is far too cautious to skip out on training. They're all across the street in the auditorium of Seven World Trade, diligently taking notes about financial accounting, bond math, or whatever. I'm not worried about skipping class. I was there first thing to put my name on the sign-in sheet, and I've got a promise from a friendly classmate that he'll text me if there's any kind of impromptu roll call. So far, that text hasn't come, but I keep a pack of Marlboro lights in my pocket just in case I need an alibi for the time it takes me to make it down two elevators and back across the street. Besides, it should be time to celebrate. We've made it. Wall Street, the pinnacle, some might argue, for any ambitious and accomplished college graduate looking to enter the workforce. I don't recall the precise statistics, but we're reminded on a daily basis how fortunate we are. The firm received something like 25,000 applications for roughly 350 spots globally. Gazing out the window on the 107th floor, I feel confident, even invincible. It wasn't always that way. During my interview with Lazard Frere, a prestigious boutique investment bank in one of the last true partnerships on Wall Street, I almost passed out from vertigo staring out the window from the mere 57th floor of 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Then, after a final round interview super day with Bear Stearns, I inadvertently sent a thank you email to the head of emerging markets telling him how much I wanted to work for J.P. Morgan. During a Goldman Sachs interview, some asshole asked me who, living or dead, I would most like to have dinner with. I guess he wasn't particularly impressed that I named Tupac Shakur ahead of Marcus Aurelius or Alexander Hamilton. Still, despite these hiccups, in the end, I wanted to do fixed income, and for that, there was arguably no better place to be than Solomon Brothers, with the recently added platform and balance sheet of Citigroup behind it. There's only one slight problem. My analyst class is the largest in the history of investment banking. We were hired based on quotas set in mid-2000, before it was evident that the dot-com party was over. Nowhere is this more painfully clear than in the European TMT team, Telecom Media and Technology, which hired 40 first-year analysts. On the first day of training, those analysts were informed that there were now only seven available spots, leaving them scrambling to find a new team before the end of training or be out of a job. With the exception on TMT, most analysts aren't assigned or invited to join a specific team until near the end of training. Having received an offer after my internship in debt capital markets the previous summer, I already know I have a bid from that group if I want it. But for most of the analysts, the real competition is just beginning. It turns out that landing a coveted Wall Street job isn't the finish line, it's the starting block. You wouldn't know it looking at the flushed faces around our table at Windows on the World, surrounded by Brooklyn lager empties and half-chewed celery sticks. Later that afternoon, we are given the first of many ominous warnings. Let this be a reminder to all of you. Not only are you required to attend all training sessions, you are expected to act in a professional manner and take them seriously. Additionally, next Tuesday, we will have our first exam, accounting. In all likelihood, the bottom 10% will be let go. 
A posh-sounding British kid, one of my drinking buddies, raises his hand. But I studied classics at Oxford. This doesn't seem fair. Apparently, it's not all shits and giggles. What do you think the training is for? I'm sure you'll do fine. This doesn't faze me at all. I studied finance and economics. Other than learning how to use Excel without a mouse, I don't really need the training. It turns out that HR is not bluffing. The day after the first exam, the results are posted on two large bulletin boards in the back of the auditorium. In a lazy attempt at privacy, one board lists each person's name along with a random numerical code next to it. The second board has each person's code listed in numerical order with their exam result next to it.